What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Curve Balls and Chair Shots. We are live virtually via Zoom. No one has the coronavirus, at least not that I know of. Maybe, I don't know. Dominic never actually told me why we're doing this live via Zoom. But we are here on the Zoom, and we can't do this outside because the entire state of California is still burning. It's a little smokier this week than it was last week. So joining me over the internet is my lovely and esteemed co-host, Dominic Hobson. Dominic, how are you doing today? And then I'm doing lovely. I've been floating on cloud nine since Saturday, and I'm going to continue that wave forever. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Yes, you are listening to the reigning, defending champions of the gauntlet. We went up. Hopefully, you guys checked it out. If you did not, you can go and check a snippet of it on youtube.com slash curveballs chair shots for some reason my internet cut out almost got scared that was my internet completely was going to take a shit on me but it did not just the live stream stop but if you want to see the full thing go to trapdoor to hell on the twitch they got the full thing or if you would like to see a little highlight reel that i compilated compiled very impressive it was very impressive too brenda i must did say. it all on my phone too good job good job go over to the instagram yes we do have an instagram curveballs and cs very active on the instagram so go and give us a follow there pretty Dominic, sure i tweeted it and put it on the facebook but you know whatever fuck me right that's just where it originally started was on the instagram oh okay yes. okay but yes we went up against enemy of trapdoor to hell while we were teamed with the friend part of trapdoor to hell we went up against travis his buddy ken and hardy and we thought this was going to happen we absolutely destroyed them beat them by almost 40 points dominic travis was talking all this shit saying that we're trash he's gonna win but the feud really was between you and travis and guess what travis actually got less kills than dominic tyler the mvp walked away with 62 kills dominic had 34 kills was it 32 kills it doesn't really matter. Yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. It was still more than Travis's 30 kills. I had 30, I had 28 kills. I'm okay. We always, I always said this when we were going into it, that as long as Dominic is the number two person, because I've never been that good at Call of Duty, but Dominic put his shit together. He put his money where his mouth is, and he beat Travis, beat that idiot at Amazon. Dominic, <laughs> do you have any words while you stand atop the gauntlet mountaintop? Well, I mean, you know, one thing I can compare it to is like, you know, like what's what his sex life is probably talks a big game but comes up short in the end you know it, it, it's something that he's probably used to that's probably why he didn't really say much about it um on his podcast but you know you know i i said during the stream i know my role i'm not meant to get a fucking 20 bomb like tyler but you know what at the end of the day i still beat his ass you know what i'm happy floating on cloud nine still nothing you can say can take that away from me i beat him we beat them for champions. Suck like my dick, Travis. There you go. So we're going to take a hard <laughs> right turn. We're going to be Lance Storm. We're going to be serious for a moment because the entire sports world came to a stop once again on Wednesday as it all started Wednesday afternoon here in the West Coast where the Milwaukee Bucks did not 
play their playoff game against the Orlando Magic in protest to the Jacob Blake shooting. I think everyone who's listened to this has either seen the video or has heard what has happened on Monday. There was a video that serviced of a man getting shot in the back in Wisconsin, and that has kind of escalated to protest and everything like this. And, you know, the entire NBA season was kind of built around allowing players to voice their opinions, the whole Black Lives Matter being on the court, players being able to have their own message printed on the back of their jerseys. And it really started with the Bucks and the Orlando Magic weren't protesting, but they agreed with it. They, you know, didn't take the forfeit or anything like that. And then it continued on into the day where the rest of the teams that were also playing that day protested, did not play. And then it also leaked into the WNBA, which the WNBA, shout out to them. Those girls, they've been fantastic. They've really been on the forefront of all these protests and social injustices that, you know, NBA, MLB, they're going to get the the mainstream love. But obviously the WNBA are are the people who have been out there the longest. MLB, they did some things. Some teams protested. And then we saw on Thursday, a lot of other teams protested. So Dominic, kind of your thoughts on what's happened the last couple of days with all these teams protesting, something we've never really seen before. And it's also important because today for baseball is the Jackie Robinson day that is being observed because obviously when it was supposed to happen, coronavirus was a thing. You know, uh, first of all, I mean, it's, it's monumentally, I mean, there's nothing can compare to what we're seeing right now. Um, What happened is just another example of, what needs to change in this country. Um, you know, there, for me, I'm, I, I'm a huge sports fan. You know, I may say stupid things on this podcast about me not knowing certain facts or, or what's going on currently, but I will say that, you know, I am still a huge sports fan and to see these athletes, you know, all kind of be united and saying, hey, we're not going to play because this is BS. It, it, it makes me happy that, they're willing to give up something they care about. Um, you know, I, I believe the Lakers and Clippers, what, then they want to postpone the season or they were done or something like that. I can't remember. Yeah, exactly. on, on Wednesday, there was a whole bunch of rumors and stuff just floating around that there was a meeting. Cause obviously there was, they're just up in the air. We didn't exactly know what was happening. There was news that leaked that the Clippers and the Lakers didn't want to continue the season whatsoever. So there was a strong push or a strong inclination that maybe the entire NBA season was going to be shut down after Wednesday, but whether cooler heads prevailed or kind of everyone just realized, look, there's still a lot of money involved. And as much as we say about, you know, injustice and trying to stand up, there's a lot of money on the line in these games. And they have said they will resume play on Saturday. The NBA playoffs will pick back up. I don't exactly know what the scheduling is like, but I assume all the games that are supposed to be on Wednesday. We played Saturday and so on and so forth. So uh, one thing I, I, I really don't want to be, that guy, but I do want to ask the question and about your opinion on, on this statement, how um, I, I've seen it. I think it's from, I want to say another pro, I think it's a UFC fighter. It could be some, maybe, maybe just a random Joe, but it was, they're pretty much calling out LeBron and the, and the, all the pro athletes saying that, you know, uh, you, you know, why, why don't you take a massive pay cut or why don't you quit your job and become a cop? Like, like that, that's a hard thing to do or something like that. Like, do you, do you agree with that? You know, like that, have you seen it? I have no idea what the hell you're talking about, but when you train your entire life to be a pro athlete and LeBron James has dedicated 
pretty much his entire life, more than maybe 80% of his entire life has gone to playing basketball. You're not just going to tell him to give up playing basketball and then go and be something completely different. Like, but, but, he's not going to go and be a cop. But the statement was like saying like he, you know, people are, you know, he's trying to, you know, if you give me one second, I'll find it for you because they're it's, making their own voices heard and protesting in the way that they can. They're athletes. They generate a lot of money by playing a game. And if that game is not being played, money won't be generated. They're sending a statement that we don't want to do what we do until the people in power and whoever is in charge of arresting the police, doing police reform and everything like that, do what they have to do to make the changes that they, des- that they see fit. Okay, I found it. It's from Colby Covington. You know him? Fuck Colby Covington. He's a bitch. Oh, yeah, I, I just realized in the picture he's wearing a Make America Great Again hat. So I'm not going to read that tweet. So never mind. <laughs> never mind. Let's move on. Fuck that guy. Well, continuing on with this, as I said, MLB did, they had some protests. They had some postponements on Wednesday. A lot of those teams that pro, uh, protested on Wednesday played doubleheaders on Thursday. We saw the Mets and Marlins. Dominic Smith, outfielder for the Mets, had a heartfelt, uh, not speech, but, you know, he kind of talked about what was going on. If you want, you know, check out the video of his press conference on Wednesday. He was emotional. He was crying. And then on Thursday, the Mets and Marlins were set to play. There was rumors and speculation. So what they ended up doing, they go out on the field about to start the game, but then they have a 42-second moment of silence. Everybody walks off the field, obviously 42 in remembrance of Jackie Robinson. But the real news that was circulating before the game started is GM of the Mets, Brody Van Wagenen or whatever his last name is, he was in a little room. He was talking to some press or whatever, saying that Rob Manfred had the idea of having the players pretty much do the exact same thing, but then come out an hour later and still play. Now, obviously, he backtracked that. He said that that didn't come from Rob Manfred. That came from the ownership and the higher, higher ups of the Mets organization. But still, Rob Manfred getting a lot of flack for this. And who knows what exactly happened, but just another thing for Rob Manfred. And he, I mean, when he first started, I, I thought he was, he was cool. He's a nice guy. He seemed like he was on the up and up. But now, I mean, a lot of people are demanding, maybe rightfully so, that Rob Manfred is a clown and is not the right person for this job. I mean, it's it's hard for me because, you know, I, I know probably in his head he was probably thinking, you know, he wasn't thinking right when he, when he probably did make that statement or, you know, supposedly made it, but... You know, I, at least I, my opinion, at least he backtracked and, you know, was, was able to kind of save face a little bit, but I mean, he, he's, I'm not, I'm not going to say he, his time is up. I'm just going to say that, you know, they definitely need to start looking for somebody else, you know, with, with this new era of life that we're entering, you can't have somebody with an old school mind. You need someone new, someone open to ideas and, and just, on a positive path, not this old school way of thinking. Exactly. Being local for a moment, the Oakland A's, they ended up playing on Wednesday. There was some rumblings that maybe they weren't going to play because they were saying that, oh, Marcus Simeon and Chris Davis, they weren't on the field yet, but they ended up did play. Then Thursday came around, they're playing an afternoon game against the Rangers. That game ended up being postponed. They will play a makeup date later. 
I think next month or something like that. They will be playing today against the Astros. So seemingly MLB, this was kind of like a one day thing, you know, make the statement and then it's kind of back to your regularly scheduled programming. And uh, I think Mark Hanna, he came out and he posted something where it said on Jackie Robinson day, I don't know if it's like all the players, but a lot of players are going to be donating their game checks from today. And I think tomorrow as well to different organizations regarding, you know, improving black lives. And honestly, that that's something that uh, I I highly respect and and you know I want to applaud them for. Um, it, it's something that I mean, man, you play in Oakland. I mean, Oakland's history has been documented with these types of events in history. So for them to come out and say, you know, we're going to support, it, it just makes me happy. Um, I wish that more. Uh, I wish more sports teams, not just you know, you know, more localized, you know, teams would do something like this, but you know, some areas aren't as impacted from events in history like this. And we saw the first day opening day of major league baseball, where everyone did the whole, you know, hold, not hold hands, but they're all together. They had the black lives matter thing on the mound. And from what I've been seeing, the Oakland A's still have the BLM on the back of the mound where I haven't really seen anybody else have that logo on the back of the mound. I don't know if just because the A's are broken, they can't get any sponsorships back there, but it is a nice look that the A's continue to have that message on the back of the mound. So Dominic, we're going to make another right turn. We're going to get back to normal sports talk, unless you have anything else to say on the matter. No, I mean, just, you know, I know it's hard to ask, it's a lot to ask for, but I just, you know, hope, you know, it it all kind of, you know, gets rectified and we can kind of go back to the sports that we know and love. Yes, we don't have too much sports news, actual sports news to talk about this week, but we do have some MLB updates. We have Steven Strasburg in the prototypical big news breaking after we record a podcast. Steven Strasburg, World Series MVP, gets a big contract uh, over the offseason. He is being shut down for season-ending surgery to fix carpal tunnel in his arm now steven strasburg has had a history of injuries and this is just the latest he gets the big contract gets the world series mvp sucks to see the nationals i think they definitely needed to rely on that pitching staff and with him being at the forefront it does hurt them going forward obviously i mean it it gives someone else an opportunity uh he will come back i'm sure just as well as he's ever been i'm not too I'm I'm not sweating it for him. I'm not really sweating it for the Nationals either. I think, you know, if things can line up for him, I still see them making possibly a, a wild card push. Juan Soto is back, and that is nice to see. I think, Dominic, I wanted to quickly go over what the playoffs would look like if the season ended about today. If I can pull it up real quick. That's just that. because your A's are in first place still. Uh, well, I mean, that's not exactly what I was saying. I don't exactly, I'm trying to like go on this YouTube and I saw like a post. Do you know how to, oh, you probably don't know how to see like posts on YouTube. You know wow. Like, you assume I don't know something. How? Never mind. I how? figured it out. I found it. Oh, you're, you're a legend. So this was a few days ago. So it might be outdated, but it's pretty much the exact same thing. Uh, so in the American league, we have the A's number one seed, then the Rays who are in first place. The NLE says the Yankees continue to be crippled by injuries. We get, The uh, Minnesota Twins, number three, Yankees, four, Cleveland Indians at five, 
and the Houston Astros at six. So then the two third place teams that would make it would be my Chicago White Sox and the Toronto Blue Jays. Surprisingly so. And then we move over. That's that's actually if that was to end right now, I wouldn't be too too upset with that. Yeah, nothing's too shocking. I mean, maybe that eighth seed is up for grabs with the uh the Toronto Blue Jays. But I mean, all those teams, you kind of figured they were all gonna be there. Then moving on to the National League, we have the Los Angeles Dodgers at the one, the Chicago Cubs two, Atlanta Braves three. I wouldn't say my San Diego Padres, but my, my Cincinnati Reds are nowhere to be seen on this pitcher. I don't know if they've made it quite yet, but uh, St. Louis Cardinals, the red hot Miami Marlins at number six and number seven, Dominic's former favorite team, the San Francisco Giants, and then the Colorado Rockies who are, uh, they were very hot to begin the season, but they have definitely fallen off. Yeah, I'm actually surprised because I mean, I know I didn't pick the Giants, but I'm actually surprised that they slipped in because I think they're last right for the most of the season so far, but they kind of went on a winning streak. Yeah. Well, your Arizona diamond bats aren't doing so hot. They got really hot. They, they were <laughs> streaking when they beat the A's. And then after the A's beat them, when they came back to Oakland, they have uh, fallen flat on their face. No well, Madison Bumgarner, which I don't even know if we talked about Dominic, we did. Thoughts on Madison Bumgarner going down. We talked about him going down. Are you sure we talked about it? We talked about it. Are you sure? Because it was something along the lines of like, how do you feel? But you pick it. I'm like, I don't really care. But I, think, I, think I, I, I will, I will say, um, was that work? No, was that work? Or I think came home like yesterday or, or day before. And uh, I got a news alert about the trade deadline. And I saw, I said, belt traded across the bay. And I started freaking out. I'm like, did they really trade him to the fucking A's for who, for what? And it was just a, uh, you know, editors, you know, what should the giants do? And it was, he said, send them to the A's. So I don't think the A's need... want Brandon Belt. Yes, they exactly. don't need Brandon Belt. If anything, it was, some, it was something about sending him to the A's and you put, I think, Chris Davis as your permanent DA. It was, it was something like, it was something weird. I can't remember. I am open to trading Chris Davis because Chris Davis, I love the man, but he just has not been doing anything this year. I mean, you're going to trade Brandon Belt, who plays first base. He's not taking over Matt Olson's spot. Maybe he can be a DH, but he ain't doing that hot to begin with. The A's are so deep all the way around that you can just kind of platoon who's ever not playing on the field as a DH. So that doesn't make any sense. I think where the A's would want to go is getting starting pitcher. Maybe Johnny Cueto is a move to see. Eh, I mean, first of all, Belt can play outfield, just let you know. But, but The A's outfield you know, is absolutely stacked. I'm just saying, if you had to put Belt at someone, just shut the fuck up, Brandon. Just saying what I saw. Jeez. All right, and then finally, a curveball that I didn't put on the script until about five minutes ago. We're going to talk some college football. I know Dominic loves to talk him some college football, and it has to do with politics because we all know Dominic oh, loves to talk politics. Fuck. Donald Trump went out and he tweeted. Yes, we're going to talk about Donald Trump on the podcast. He tweeted, he's like, oh, I want football back and blah, 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 blah. And now we talked about the Big Ten and Pac-12 not playing football this year. But now there are rumors that possibly the Big Ten is eyeing a Thanksgiving start. Dominic, how stupid is this? I mean, it, the president said it. So, I mean, I mean, on the scale level, I mean, I'm pretty sure everything he's ever said was a high stupidity level. So, I mean, this is probably right up there with that. Yeah, you say you're going to do one thing to where, okay, you're looking out for the health and safety of the players and the students, and then you backtrack. I don't know if political pressure, money pressure, 
And then now you go and you're going to start the season up during Thanksgiving. Who knows where we're going to be in November? I mean, there's kind of a, a significant event that's going to be happening early November. So we're going to see what happens in late November. But, I mean, I don't think it's a good look. I think either which way, I think there was some pushback from the pl- uh, parents or whoever saying, oh, you know, we want our kids to play. And then now if someone gets sick and catches the Rona and gets significantly hurt by this, then there's also going to be probably a major lawsuit going the other way. One thing I want, I want to bring up, because you just mentioned it, and I hope maybe it was just a mistake, but you said the parents, you said they want their kids to play. But if they're over 18, they're technically an adult. Don't they make their own decisions? So if I'm 18 going to uh, – I'm a freshman going into college and – I don't want to play because of this or, you know, or they're saying we're not playing and the parents are throwing a fit. Who's to say the kids want to play? I mean, I'm sure they want to because that's the way they get into the NFL and, you know, to have a, you know, life and a career and whatnot. But, you know, who's to say these kids want to play and risk it? The kids have no say in the matter. Obviously the parents don't really have a say in the matter either because the university runs things around there. The If the players, especially those lower level players in the big 10, I mean, I mean, if the, those players were any good, let's be honest, they would either, if they're not at Michigan or Ohio State, they probably, if they were any good, they'd be somewhere else. So th- those kids to begin with probably could be playing high-level football going on beyond the college rank. So they're just going to tag along. I mean, the XFL's coming want. back, so. And that's high-level football right there. I mean, hey, it, it, we, we saw from that shortened season we had, how many people got – brought up to the big to nfl at least two right i know there's a few kind of at least skill players that are on the uh nfl that maybe points and doinks our new fantasy football podcast that drops every tuesday we might talk about some xfl players to draft on your fantasy football team points and doinks every tuesday you know, until i am on that podcast i do not support it well, Dominic, you barely even wanted – you didn't want to play fantasy football until we insulted you into it. Yeah, when I'm going to beat when, all of you too. I'm going to win all that money too. When, when I mean we, I mean me. Yeah, I know. Because, I, you know, in, in, you know I, I was feeling nice. I was like, I'm going to go to work. I'm going to put my headset in. I'm going to listen to their podcast. You know, maybe – I always I'll, tell I'll, you to listen to podcasts, but then, of course, like the one podcast you actually do listen to <laughs> is the one where the, we bury you. The first, the first five minutes of it, it's you know the reason Dominic's pretty much not here is because he got hit in the head too many times. It's a little slow, and I'm like, oh, this he's is the chair shot. He's the chair shots of curveballs and chair shots. Why do I? By the way, why do I have to be the chair shots? Why can't I be the curveball? I've played baseball because I'm the quote unquote host that runs that does the rundown. I ask you the question. Sometimes I throw you curveballs, and you know you'll use a chair to hit a chair shot dinger with it. Chair shot dick slap. Can that be my nickname? You want to be chair shot dick slap? Yes. Ask studio audience if she likes that nickname for you. Studio audience, do you like the nickname chair shot? I mean, yeah, chair shot dick shot? Slap. Slap, sorry. Dick shot, dick slap. Put it all together. Chair shot dick slap. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm fucking stupid. Just shut the fuck up, man. Exhibit A for why he's called the chair shots right there. <laughs> fuck you. So that'll do it for us for sports. Yes, we don't have that much to talk about in the world of sports. So we're going to throw it over to Dominic where he can lead a discussion for a little bit as he goes into the mailbag for. Oh, oh wait, it's not Dominic. Sorry. I got coming, a little. Coming soon. Coming soon. Coming soon. Coming soon. This is Mr. X's questions of the week. 
bump him. There we go. Thank you. All right. He says hi. So, hi, Mr. X. Hello. Did we? Yeah, I was gonna say, do we ever say hey to him? I, I don't. I don't think we do. I don't. I don't think we ever like, hey, we, how we've are wished we? Him ha- ask him. We've wished him happy birthday. We've told his sister happy wedding. I'm pretty sure we've said hello to him or thank you at least. Mr. X, you're a good guy. Thank you for always being there. Anyways, so the first question is a football question. I don't know if you're ready for that. Is that a curveball or is that more of a fastball? It doesn't matter what you throw. Okay. As NFL season approaches, could we experience a Super Bowl without fans or a virtual one using screens like the NBA or Double Double E? So the Super Bowl is February. Yes. Who knows what the hell is going to be going on by February? I think NFL's overall plan. I mean, we talked, I think, a little bit about this either last week or the week before about fans in the NFL that maybe they're going to look towards the playoffs to be that first time where fans can really be in attendance. Yes, there might be some stadiums that will hold a limited amount of fans. But I think the Super Bowl, they want like to be a legit crowd. Now, was is that possible? Probably not. Now, can they be at like 50% capacity? Or, I mean, with, with these big stadiums, you can have it be spacious. Because I don't even remember. You know where the Super Bowl is at this year? I don't need to look it up. Uh, it is... It's not in Las uh, Vegas. Isn't it LA? It might be in LA. But I feel like Res- but no, WrestleMania is in LA. But I don't know if it's in... Let's see if I can look it up. Real. Oh, I don't need to do... 2020. It's not the 2020... Super Bowl is so a 2021. 2021 Super Bowl. It is taking place at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa Bay. So, Mr. Thomas Brady looking for that first ever home Super Bowl. I mean, it, my opinion on the matter. I never don't really give my opinions on it. My opinion on it is it's going to be with no fans because I feel like, you know, people are going to be. It's going to be a huge uproar. So, and it depends too as the season goes on. You know, I know the Chiefs are saying like 15% or 25% capacities. I don't know. I can't remember that part of it. But there are teams that are trying to sprinkle in a few fans. But I think it comes back to what I asked about last week. Like, you know, if you can have, you know, just like a certain section and then you're like, well, Dominic, then, then why can't you bring more and then more? And the next thing you know, you have a full stadium. I was like, okay, that's true. But I, I, I think it's going to be nobody in attendance. And that's going to be a really awkward ending to the Super Bowl when they have a six-foot-long mic and they say, where are you going? And then say, I'm going home because Disney World is closed. It's going to be awkward. Technically, Disney World is open. Your asshole's open. It's always open. But you got <laughs> to set an appointment first. Oh, okay, cool. Get a reservation. Reservation? You don't want to? I guess, yeah, whatever. All right, anyways. Don't, don't want uh, it to be too crowded in there. <laughs> so anyways, let's go to the next question. Um, Let's see. Well, here we go. Will we see some blockbuster trade? Uh, sorry, I can't read. Too many chair shots. Will we see some blockbuster type moves being made before the trade deadline, or will most MLB teams play it safe and try to get players they absolutely need? Well, the trade deadline is quickly approaching. I think it's going to expire by the end of the weekend. I think it's the thirtieth, something like that. And with as the new playoff expansion rule, I mean, as we've seen, I mean, the 40, not the 49ers, the Giants, I'm almost switching into football mode. The Giants, they are in the running, as we talked about a little bit of their trade possibilities. I think it just all depends on what the team is looking for. 
are they in a rebuild? Are they willing to give away some veterans or some assets for some prospects? I think it's not, it's not going to be, you know, we're not going to see Francisco Lindor getting traded or, you know, a a really big name. Like sometimes we see or, but I think we'll, we'll see some little, you know, here and there, we might get like a big name to like the hardcore baseball fans to where it's Mm -hmm. a significant piece, but it's not a marquee name like Lindor. Okay, I got you. I, I think the same thing. I think, you know, like you said, hardcore fans are somebody who's all about one team and knows everything. Well, you know, something. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, that is it for the sports questions for Mr. X. Now the wrestling portion is on. And the first one is a doozy. Are you ready? Stay ready so you don't got to get ready. Is there any evidence that Roman is the leader of retribution? Or is this just the latest wrestling fan conspiracy theory? I have not been very high on retribution whatsoever. They look like a bunch of clowns. They're like a bunch of children throwing a temper tantrum. I don't know what the background is behind it. If it's Vince trying to like do some sort of political statement about the looters and everything like that. And we will eventually sooner rather than later talk about SummerSlam and everything. Cause we've got a lot of recaps to talk about because there's been a lot of wrestling shows since our last podcast, but I think with the Roman, you just want to go full steam ahead, let him be who he is, maybe tweak him a little bit. I think this, I'm intrigued to see what they do with him on SmackDown because it's only a one week turnaround into the pay per view. So I think it will be interesting to see how he's portrayed. Don't think he's going to full fledged turn heel, but I think maybe if you tweak him a little bit, give him a little bit more of an edge, I think I'm hoping people will be more open to him. I, I did like the way he carried himself on, at SummerSlam. But who knows what he's going to be like when you get into the group of things. But I, I do so, not think he will be the leader of retribution. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I was trying to write down something and I kind of knocked over my pencils because, you know. Too many chair shots. Too many chair shots. Um, do I, you know, I, from what I've been witnessing, it's a lot of your B minus players that are, you know, the rumors that I've heard. I heard it was like Dominic Divakovic, Mia Yim, Chelsea Dijakovic. Green. Dijakovic. Whatever, shut the fuck up. Um, just because I can't say his name doesn't mean I don't. They don't know who I'm talking about. Okay, jeez. Um, but um, but to have Roman be the head of it, I it, I just, it doesn't it doesn't fit him. You know, they they've portrayed portrayed him for the last how many years of you know the big dog. He's by himself unless he was a shield, and then now you're gonna have him be a leader of a you know gang of misfits. That makes no fucking sense. Well, I just don't see Retribution being a main event act, which if you're going to bring in the act like this and not be main event, then it's already kind of DOA. So mm-hmm. unless there is like a really big name, I mean, Dijakovic, Yim, you know, I, have, I haven't seen any names, but I have seen like headlines that there's like an NXT link to this. But yeah. I, I don't exactly. I'm not intrigued or excited to see what exactly the reveal is for Retribution. What about the rumor that it's CM Punk behind it? Once again, Retribution is not a main event act. And if CM Punk is linked to this, I mean, good for CM Punk that he's back. I'll, I'll love him and, you know, slob all over him. But it's, uh, I really hope it's not linked to him. Okay. All right. And uh, Brandon, you remember that Marty guy in ROH? Uh, last name, uh, Squirrel? Squirrel? Clural? So, so, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, his question, uh, Mr. X's question about him is, Will he have a job with ROH following the report he's being iced out by Ring of Honor Management? 
after they completed their investigation due to claims about him that came out during the speaking out movement. So ROH, I haven't seen like too much from them in terms of like an announcement or like an investigation. I mean, what has it been like over a month since all this stuff has kind of come out and we're still not getting any, you know, hardcore either evidence or announcement on all the stuff that has gone down. Yeah. Now Marty Skrull, you know, he's once again, he's one of the bigger names and the evidence kind of leans that he was guilty. And it's also kind of wishy-washy because consent and everything like that. And how long or should he be just completely kicked out? And it's a whole, it's a sticky situation that I'm not paid enough money to figure it out. <laughs> You're getting paid. This is some bullshit. I haven't seen a cent of that, but um, I don't remember what he raped somebody or he was being accused of it or what was it's it again? Similar to, is it similar to the Joey Ryan stuff? Basically it's, he had sex with an underage girl, but from what Marty said is he thought it was consensual. He didn't know that she was underage and there was drinks involved. So who knows exactly what was said and everything like that. That's why it's a little murky. Eh, we'll have a conversation off the air about that. Um, Last but not least, you know, I get sad when Slim Star asks his last question because his questions are pretty good most of the time. And this is a doozy. I can even answer this one if I want to. Is this dumb booking by WWE to have two pay-per-views back-to-back one week apart? Or can this be blamed on COVID? This is just WWE being fucking stupid, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't understand the reasoning for them to have a, a- pay-per-view a week after another pay-per-view especially a big four pay-per-view if you want to have if you want to put the title on roman just make it like a special fox uh, smackdown just like build it up maybe don't have it this week but have it the week after so you can maybe try to pop a rating i don't know what the financials is behind this if because of covid and they had to you know push back a pay-per-view and see what was going to happen and they need to meet a certain criteria because because is this an actual pay-per-view? Like pay-per-view providers will be providing this pay-per-view? pay-per-view? I'm pretty sure it is. I mean, so I mean that's probably another reason is because they have to have a, they have an agreement with the pay-per-view providers that they have to have a certain amount of shows, and I guess they thought this was the right time to just sandwich in a quick C-level pay-per-view because why the hell not make a little bit of money off of it? That or it's you know. Roman said, okay, I'll come back, but you got to give me the title. Okay, fine. We'll give you the title. I don't think that's how it works these days. We don't got Ultimate Warrior or Honky Tonk Man. I'm, or just, saying. I'm just saying you don't know how Roman is on behind the scenes. Maybe he's a complete dick with his, no, with his new teeth. We do not know. So we're going to do AEW first, and then we're going to go into the NXT. You forgot, you forgot one thing. What, Dominic? What else did I forget? Bye, Travis. Oh, well... By Travis. He he clicks off once you say we're gonna talk about the wrestling part. But anyways. Fucking man. Yeah, I mean he could have stayed around to listen to the Pat McAfee recap. But we're talking about AEW first. So we had a show on Saturday that went head to head with Takeover, having a basketball lead in. The we're not gonna talk everything, we're only talking about one specific thing, but I just wanted to ask you, Dominic, their opening match that they had as the lead in was Private Party taking on FTR. Your thoughts on that being the opening shot, the opening match, and do you think this was the right option? And if not, what should they done? And how well do you think this did do to reel in that basketball audience if they even did that? I mean, 
I think if you're going to go with a tag match, that was probably your best scenario. Um, you have FTR, who are very ground-heavy, technical, you know, hard-hitting, badass motherfuckers. And then you have Private Party, who are kind of your high-flying, careless, um, risk-taking, uh, really swagged-out dudes. So I think it, you kind of try to capture both, uh, you know, both sides of the audience. The ones that are kind of more your younger, you know, hipper, up-to-date kind of people with Private Party. And then you have your, you know, more veteran, your older audience members who just want to see some people getting the shit beat out of them. Um, I think, I think the match went well. Um, you know, the only other thing that I could really think of is having maybe Chris Jericho come out, but I mean, I think you save him for later just because, you know, it kind of keeps people, you know, you dangle him. Oh, later tonight, Chris Jericho and people know Chris Jericho, but I think all, all in all was fine. Yeah. I probably wouldn't have gone with this match. I think maybe if I were to pick a match, I think, you know, put the elite, out there or something like that and it was just like they had a match they didn't give us any context it was like okay we're gonna have this wrestling match but people who don't know anything why would they want to stick around and watch that obviously i think a lot of people were just bouncing around from the heat game which they won by the way and bounce over to the espn game that was right on after that so i don't think that they were able to get that many viewers but i think they're actually able to gain viewership as the show went on which i guess is a good thing i don't think that actually has to do with any anything with the nba but probably just more of the wrestling audience maybe transferring over from TakeOver to Dynamite. But the main angle and segment that happened that we're going to talk about from Saturday's Dynamite is the TNT Championship match. Mr. Brody Lee absolutely decimates Cody, and he is now your new TNT champion. We get a big beatdown angle. Cody is stretchered off, but then Brody tips him over. We get the entire Nightmare family. They beat him up. Brandy tries to cover up Cody, and then we get Anna Jay, the new member of the Dark Order. She beats her up. So, Dominic, kind of your overall thoughts on the angle match just completely running through Cody after this long title reign. I mean, I think Mr. Lee is well-deserving. I think with everything he's been through from WWE to now, it's well-deserving. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the fact that, you know, he kind of segmented the fact that he's a heel and his, fa- his, fra- his faction's a heel, that he's going to be kicking ass, taking names, doesn't give two S's about it. Um, Anna Jay came in. I think that's a wonderful uh, companionship with Dark Order. Um, wonderful. And I like the fact that Brandy kind of did try to take the, you know, oh, I'm going to cover him up. He's my husband. What, you know, and so what? And Anna Jay came in and, you know, I, do I want to see that match, Brandy and Anna Jay? No, but I'm just saying I'm happy that, you know, they were able to work that in there somehow. I like the choice of having Brody Lee win the championship, and it definitely meant something that he ran through Cody that hard, that quickly. You know, they're telling a little bit of a story that how long can Cody keep this title reign up doing all these matches every single week. So I think they told a nice story there, and I think Brody definitely has some momentum coming off of this win. I think him being the big badass heel after he came in, lost early to John Mox. I think he's definitely found his footing and he's getting on the right path. I enjoy what he's doing on Dynamite. And I also enjoy what he's doing in FTR, even though, or on AW, or being the elite, even though it's definitely more of a comedy aspect to things, which they leaned into a little bit on the next week, on Thursday's, yesterday's edition of Dynamite. The Dark Order had their celebration. They had all the lawnmowers, which was a bit that they did from being the elite. 
didn't really explain it all that much. So I guess if you know, you know, and Brody brings down Tony Schiavone. He cuts a promo, you know, straightforward, you know, saying he's a champion and blah, 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 blah. And so before we talk about what happened afterwards, just kind of your thoughts on the promo and what happened with Mr. Brody Lee in the promo, just kind of saying, look, I'm the champion now. So I'm, I'm the big dog. I I really wished that, uh, it was, I mean, not that I didn't like it. I just wish it was a little bit better. And I kind of wish that the interview, you know, kind of cemented, I he was a little more, I guess, aggressive, maybe. I don't know how to, how to describe it. Um, but I mean, as someone who doesn't watch BTE, Dom, like there's a lot of BTE yes. bits. There's a lot of BTE bits in this segment, which I find I found it comical, but I just don't know if that's exactly the way you want to portray Brody Lee, especially well, since I, he's supposed to be the big badass heel, and you're you're doing these little comedy segments with his minions. Well, my my thing that I don't understand is okay. Well, first of all, yes, I don't watch being the elite, but I mean, is this how they're going to be going about their show is the way to understand certain aspects of it is I have to follow the YouTube channel because I'm not about that kind of shit. I'm not going to follow your YouTube channel just so I can understand certain aspects of the show. I think I should just be able to watch the show and be able to follow the the storyline and all the progressive, the progression through the, through the storyline from beginning, middle, end. Um, For but, the most part, AEW hasn't, lean too heavy on the be in the elite stuff i think early on with double or nothing and all out they did stuff like that but i think now they are just i mean i think they have too much content they have dark they have dynamite they have be in the elite which i've said it doesn't really have to do anything with the show itself but i think AEW kind of relies on people watching too much stuff i think they just keep it all to dynamite and do recaps and let people know what's going on on the other shows if that stuff from the other shows lead into Dynamite because we have that Joey Janela Sunny Kiss storyline that got started and we haven't seen really anything from them. They go on dark, they have their matches, and we kind of almost forgot about them. So there's, I think, too much content, too much storylines going on at one time that I think AEW just assumes that everyone watches everything so they just understand and take for granted. So I do agree that AEW should do a better part at consolidating everything and make it easier to understand for their audience well let, let's just hope it happens because that's one thing that i'm not saying you know i'll be the first to tell you i'm not the perfect wrestling fan i don't watch every single second on for raw smackdown aw anything but the times i do watch it uh, when i you know i did happen to catch some of this uh this episode of dynamite and it kind of did kind of turned me off the fact that I didn't know why he was so comical. Um, so I hope it changes because I, I rather, you know, and especially for other fans, you know, to get to throw, if somebody jumps right in the middle of it and you see this guy who's being comical and you're like, Oh, he's the champion. Okay. He must be a good guy. And then next week you see him just being a straight asshole. It's kind of like, what, what the hell? What the hell? Indeed. So the opening match of yesterday's dynamite was a gauntlet as Dominic and I know how to win a gauntlet. The Young Bucks started off going up against QT Marshall and Dustin Rhodes. The Young Bucks get the win, and then they take on the best friends. They were seemingly going to beat the best friends, but then Adam Page comes out, holds on to Nick Jackson's leg, and Matt Jackson gets rolled up. Young Bucks lose. They go on later in the show. They have a little confrontation at the bar. Then the Young Bucks kick Adam Page out of the elite. 
So just kind of this Young Bucks, Adam Page storyline. First, Dominic, your thoughts on everything that went down and what does this mean for Adam Page going forward? Because we kind of assume he's a heel or going to be a babyface come out of this, but he's just kind of sulking and we don't exactly know what's going on, which I'm intrigued. And with AEW, I'm going to give him a little bit of leniency and hoping that they'll figure it out and tell a good story here. The one thing I, I can justif- try to justify it is maybe he, they, you know, selfish reasons, they didn't want to face the Young Bucks. That's why you have the best friends win. Um, did, did Young Bucks go a little too far kicking him out? I think so. I, I mean, I, you know, I know there's a lot of stuff that, that goes on being the elite, all the AEW, AEWs that I haven't really watched too much of, but for them to kick him out over that, I mean, I, I, I personally would have loved to see it live on next week to have, uh, you know, a confrontation between them. And then, you know, that's where you can make or break the situation. That's where you get Young Bucks heel turn or elite heel, heel turn on him or something like that. Because I think a lot of it's going to, you're going to put a lot of sympathy for Adam Page getting kicked out, him doing what he was doing. And then where does that put Kenny? That puts Kenny in a real hard position. Who, who's to say that Kenny's heel turn or Young Bucks heel, whoever's turning heel, if it's going to be done well enough. I mean, have Young Bucks ever been quote unquote, I mean, I don't can't, I don't really count Bullet Club when they're in it as a real heel faction, just because of the fact they're so over. So what, who's to say that they're going to be good at being heels. Kenny was a heel, but once again, he was in Bullet Club, a real over faction. I don't know. They've been heels. I know they they've been heels in PWG. You know they had the match with Candice and Joey. They were definitely heels in that faction. I mean TNA. I don't really watch. I didn't watch TNA, so I don't exactly know what they did over there. But I will say next week's Dynamite is going to be important. I think they need to do some sort of segment with Kenny and Hangman just to kind of acknowledge what happened and where Kenny stands in all this, and then. I think something's going to go – something has to happen at All Out in this tag match, which I'm very intrigued to see what happens. Now, can it be – will this tag match be as good as that Young Bucks match earlier on in the year? Who knows? I hope so because that was right now my match of the year thus far. But, Dominic, what do you think is going to happen next week between Kenny and Hangman or Young Bucks or whatever, and will there be a major blow-off at All Out? I think what you can expect is to have Kenny tell – you know, Hangman Page, like, look, I understand why you did it. You know, that's kind of selfish, but you it's know, kind of champ- like that. It's like that classic story of like you're friends with two people who are feuding, and Kenny's kind of caught in the middle. And what does Kenny yeah. do? You pick your your partner who you know you're champion with, or do you go with your friends who you know got your back all over the all over for all those years? Um, if you think about it, it's kind of just like how, you know, when Kenny and Cody were going at it in, in New Japan, Young Bucks kind of were on both sides trying to stay out of it. You know, there's a small situation where Kenny hit one of them, then they sided with Cody, and then, you know, they kind of came back to help him. It's like one of those situations. So I wouldn't be surprised if um, Cody maybe sides with Paige in the beginning, and then I can kind of see him having some inner turmoil with the elite, and then the blow off is all out and you know you have a heel omega you'll have to see but then moving on in the gauntlet best friends took on ftr and ftr beats 
the best friends to become the new or the number one contender for Page and Omega's championships. I mean, we kind of already talked about the match itself. FTR getting the win. Dominic, do you see them? Do you see because either of the blow off or just the match itself, you see FTR walking away with those tag team titles in a week? Oh, definitely. I think, uh, I think you're looking at your new tag champions, and I think it's, it's going to be great for FTR, but I think it's going to be also great for Hangman Page and Kenny Omega because I think it's going to kind of revitalize their gimmick, their persona, because it's going to lead them into their next chapter in their singles, uh, you know, singles, singles career. This AEW show did have fans in attendance, very minuscule, kind of, I mean, there were moments where you could hear the crowd cheering and it seemed, you know, it seemed all right, but I know we've talked about it in the past. Dominic, just kind of your overall thoughts on fans being there and did it make any difference? Because for me personally, I just felt like it didn't make that big of a difference to, you know, to make it seem worth it for the fans to be there. I mean, it's, it is what it is. I, I feel like they're doing a little bit better job at kind of keeping them distant and yet still having a fun interactive audience, but I can really give a rat's ass about the fans. I'm sorry. It, I, yeah, I can really give a rat's ass. Well, okay then, Dominic. Tell me how you really feel. Lance Archer has a squash match, and I see him. And then we see Jake Roberts cut a promo. There will be the Casino Battle Royal at All Out. Taz and company comes out. They go back and forth. A little awkward, but it kind of seemed legit. And Darby Allen comes out, beats up Ricky Stark, and blah, 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 blah. We get a little thing. Uh, I mean, nothing really to say much here, but just building up that Casino Battle Royal, seeing Lance Archer and Brian Cage go at it. It's a little interesting angle going into the Battle Royal. All right, I need your early prediction of who will win this Battle Royale. Well, there's only 20 people in the match. We've already kind of seen, I think, 10 people already advertised or at least saying that they're going to be in it. If I, I'm going to go with Lance Archer. I think that's an interesting matchup to pair him with John Moxley. If John Moxley does get that win, we've seen a little bit of what they can do in New Japan. So I'm going to go with Lance Archer for the win, just because Lance hasn't really been doing too much. So I'll give him the win. He doesn't really have to earn the title shot, quote unquote. So I'll go with that. I think, you know, I agree with the decision, but I think I'll be going with, uh, I think I'll go with Darby Allen. I think he's, he's been so up and down lately. I think this, he definitely needs a win. Um, I don't think Brian Cage will win just because he won the last one. Um, or it wasn't the battle Royale. It was that ladder match or whatever, but, um, yeah, I think I'm gonna go with Darby Allen. I think he's due for something. All right, then we get, speaking of John Moxley, him and MJF have a contract signing. They go back and forth. MJF still selling the neck brace. I feel MJF is maybe leaning a little too much with the comedy aspect of things. We get the contract signing. Moxley cuts his promo. I think I really been enjoying what Moxley's been doing lately. MJF, I'm kind of falling off on what he's been doing, but Moxley getting one up on the on the heel, saying that you signed you signed something you didn't even read. So now next week we're going to see John Moxley take on the lawyer who is a wrestler, and if he does not show up or he does not wrestle, then MJF forfeits the title opportunity. He will, Moxley will not be able to use the paradigm shift double earned DDT at all out, but getting one up on the heel by beating up the lawyer, the ultimate babyface move. I was going to say I was like, how is that even, you know? I mean, of course, this lawyer is a wrestler, but I'm just saying, 
how is that even, you know, why is that even entertaining him beating up a lawyer? Should basically he's going to get a win? I mean, that, that's what they want you to think. But realistically, he's going to get screwed over and MGF's going to beat his ass. But just saying, um, it is what it is. I think uh, I wish the contract was like, you know, it wasn't wrestling the lawyer, which it was more of like, you know, something a little better than that. Don't you think? It's just going to be like a comedy three-minute match and then Wardlow will interfere or something and we'll get a big beatdown angle leading into the title match. Then we get the newly found faction of the Lucha Bros and Butcher and Blade with Eddie Kingston defeating Griff Garrickson, Joey Janela, Brian Pillman Jr., and uh, Sonny Kiss. I mean, I don't understand what the hell the Lucha Bros and Butcher and the Blade are doing here. It's kind of a, an awkward tag team or faction. Yes, I know Pac isn't able to get into the country, so we couldn't get Triangula, Triangulu, something. Death Triangle. I am too white to say the Spanish version right now. But anyways, what the hell is this hookup right here with Lucha Bros and Butcher and Blade? It's just kind of weird and awkward. Lucha Bros just be on their own, be badasses, and kick ass and take names. If you want Eddie, I, mean, I think if you want Eddie Kingston kind of as their manager, just kind of to speak English for them, that's fine. But I mean, pairing them up with Butcher and Blade is just, I don't like the pairing. I mean, wasn't Lucha, oh no, I'm thinking of LAX, never mind. I was like, weren't they with them in TNA? Never mind. Um, Wrong yeah, I, I <laughs> you know, the Puerto Ricans. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of flabbergasted. I, I think this is a really weird really because re- butcher and blade are not nowhere their styles do not mix with lucha bros um i yeah it's kind of what we were just, talking about earlier it's like you're supposed to understand and know that these guys have traveled up and down the roads and they have this long history together which i mean i consider myself a pretty smart fan i don't really not that know, smart I, I yeah i apparently not smart enough because i don't really see the connection between all f- five of these guys well, but any hoots. Well, yeah, we'll have to maybe you know never be open minded. Maybe this will be the you know the next evolution or the next shield or something. You never know. We get the handicap match. Big Swole takes on Britt Baker, Reba, and Penelope Ford. Big Swole gets the win. Uh, very sloppy, not a good match. But continuing on with this Swole Britt Baker feud. Don't know if we're actually going to get the one on one match at uh, All Out, but I mean, just continuing on with this feud that. It's not very pretty. Yeah, it's never pretty to go with. I mean, I, I feel like their women's division is getting a smidge better, but I mean, they're, they're still hurting for that act that will take that division, you know, to the next level. Then on the, also in the women's division, we have the championship match for the women's title at all out. We're going to get Thunder Rosa, the NWA women's champion taking on Hikaru Shida, Dominic, do you know much of Thunder Rosa? And what are your thoughts on her coming in from the NWA to take on Sheeta for that title? Definitely think it's a step in the right direction. I'm not saying she is, you know, you know, uh, I'm not saying she's a Sasha Banks or anything like that, but definitely in the right step. They're not getting this lower card, you know, rookie, um, but definitely in the right direction. I don't know too much about her. I knew, I, I, I knew of her, I don't. I haven't really seen a lot of her matches or anything, but um, I think it's going to be a great match. I think, uh, like I said, step in the right direction. If they sign her, which I don't know if they can or not, 
um, I think it will be a great signing. But, uh, yeah, excited. Yeah, I'm excited to see the match. I think this – I know it's a low bar, but I think this could be maybe one of the best women's matches we've seen in AEW. Hopefully they get the time. It's one of those matches where they just get thrown out there. They don't have much of a story to it, but I think they can have a really good match. I'm hoping this also leads to some more stuff with the NWA. We've seen uh, Ricky Starks come over. He has the NWA link. Obviously, Thunder Rosa being the NWA Women's Champion, she has the link. So I think that's just something to look out for later on down the line. In the main event, we had Sammy Guevara take on Matt Hardy in a tables match. Hard hitting. Matt Hardy gives Sammy Guevara the receipt, getting a gash on his head. But in the end, Sammy Guevara beats Matt Hardy. It's a tables match. The young guy is able to get one up on the baby face. But, you know, Matt Hardy gets his licks in, but Guevara is the one who actually gets the win at the end of the day. Do you think, I mean, I, great match. Love the fact that he got his receipt. Happy Sammy won. But do you think Matt is okay with being, I mean, Matt has maybe, what, one victory? Two victory? Not us. Solo-wise, I think he's only like one victory. Do you think he's okay with having to put over younger talent for probably the rest of his career? Well, in the spot he's in, I mean, he had a pretty long winning streak to begin his AEW career. So I don't think he's like completely buried by any means. I mean, this was probably the thing that they were going to do anyways, maybe not a tables match. But I think Sammy was always destined to beat Matt in this feud before Sammy said what he said and got suspended and everything that happened after that. But... I think at this point, Matt has a little bit of cachet. He's not going to have fantastic matches by any means. So let him be that stepping stone for the younger talent to get up and, you know, make that next move up. Do you think with, and I know this is a shot in the dark here, but do you think WWE putting the Intercontinental title on Jeff will maybe make AEW be petty and be like, okay, well, let's give Matt the t- a title then? You know, we both can have a hearty champion or something like that do you see that happening i don't think they're going to be wwe petty and do something like that now let's move on to nxt nxt takeover 30 was on saturday we're not going to go over a single match uh i mean the the big news i think coming out of it was the pat mcafee match and the nxt title match so dominic your thoughts on the pat mcafee versus adam cole match talked about it a little bit off the air but how do you think pat mcafee did i think he was fantastic um, some that we've talked, we talked to the friend from Treptow to Hell, Tyler Gunnarsson, um, was the fact that and co-host of Points and Doinks. Don't don't uh, don't respect that podcast just yet. Um, but uh, one thing that we were saying was like how well he was and could he have a future? I think if he used to train, you know, I'm not saying he needs to you know drop everything and you know train every single day, but I mean for the amount of training he has. He did fairly good. A lot of these celebrity-esque matches, you don't see him taking a fucking superplex or you don't see him taking a you know a Canadian destroyer and stuff like that. So for I, I think he did fantastic. Couple little you know hiccups, you know, but I, I think overall phenomenal. Do you think Pat McAfee got too much offense on Adam Cole? Because I feel for Pat McAfee in storyline. He's only been training for two weeks. And yes, he had some of his minions helping him a little bit, but he was on top for a long time in this match. I, I, I will say the fact that um, when he hit his, his uh, what, 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 what do they call the punt for him? The uh, onside kick or what was it? 
just call it the punt. I don't know. The punt, whatever. Um, I, I will say I did kind of get a little nervous. I'm like, wow, he's really going to win with a punt. That didn't even look like it hit him in the head. Um, I'm not going to say he had too much. I would say he, you know, he could have had a little less, but I'm not going to say it was, you know, excessive or anything crazy like that. I think the match was good. As I said, I think he got a little too much offense in the end. Adam Cole won as he should. Now, Pat, I think if he wants to, I think he definitely could have a future. Who knows exactly what he will do. But the other takeaway point, we had Keith Lee and apparently his last NXT match dropping the title to Karrion Cross. Karrion Cross gets the win. He ends up separating his shoulder in the making and then moving on to NXT this week. He relinquishes the NXT title in the opening segment. So Dominic, your thoughts on the match itself, Cross getting the win and then having to turn around and relinquish the title. Um, I hope I don't piss anybody off with this, but I didn't really care for the match all that much. I feel like it was very, very lackluster. I know the storyline behind it, it kind of culminated and it was, you know, decent in that aspect. But match-wise, to me, it didn't really do anything for me. Um, it's terrible. He got hurt. Um, that's just the business, though. You, you, can't, you can't make that stuff, you know, disappear or not happen. Um, but like you said, it, he's coming back for it. So whoever has it, got to be careful. I think it does suck that Keith Lee goes from winning both the titles, then he has to vacate that title. And then he loses the title, and then the person who he beats, who beats him, ends up vacating the title. Do you think, when Keith Lee won the titles at the Great American Bash, did you think? Do you think that WWE knew or NXT knew that he was getting the call up so soon? Is this the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing, and then it fucks over the right hand? I think that's what you can say with the majority of the world. Is it just takes one person not communicating the right way, and it just all goes to shit. Um, yeah, I think Vince probably said, you know what, that Keith Lee guy, I'm hearing a lot about him. Let, let, let's bring him up. He can feud with somebody else up here. And Triple H is like, oh, well, fuck. There goes my, uh, you know, my idea with him after losing. I was going to have him feud with Karrion for XYZ, blah, 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 blah. Um, but, you know, it, it's terrible. But, you know, when one door closes, another one opens. We'll have to see what happens with the uh, next week with the Fatal 4-Way. We will see what happens next week in the Fatal 4. And in that Fatal 4, we are going to get the quote-unquote Mount Rushmore of NXT, as Adam Cole said. We're going to get Finn Balor taking on Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, and Adam Cole, Bay Bay, in a 60-minute Iron Man Fatal 4-Way match. I would assume it's whoever gets the most falls in that 60-minute time frame. Ends up being the new NXT champion. Now, Dominic, this match obviously came out of nowhere. No real build to it besides all four men cutting their own promos. What do you think will happen? I don't know who I don't know who I want to go with. Um, I, I feel like the best scenario is going to be either Finn or Cole. I feel like if Champa gets it, it's just too soon after coming back, and he's not really, uh, you know, I don't know who he could feud with that would make it kind of, you know, interesting. Uh, Johnny is can go anywhere and do anything so i i don't really want him to have it i think if you put it back on adam cole you kind of make you're you're kind of cementing that he's here for going to be here for a while but if you put it on finn i feel like finn can 
can do something with all three of those guys. And, you know, you have at least a four or five months booked of, of good wrestling. Yeah. I'm going to pick Finn to win now. I mean, I can see any one of these guys gain the win. I would probably say Finn or Adam Cole are probably my, my two favorites to win the match. I just think you have Finn. He's, you can go either which way if you wanted to be heel or babyface that he could fill in that role. Now with Keith Lee gone, I mean, he was such the top, he was obviously the top guy in that company and getting taken out so quickly. And then Karen Cross, who's been built up for such a long period of time, him getting taken out so quickly does kind of fuck over NXT, but just kind of going back, Tommaso Ciampa did make his return on this show, beats Jake Atlas pretty decisively, beats him down. Now we're getting Tommaso Ciampa a heel. I think this is the direction they wanted to go. He came back from his neck injury. He was a babyface, kind of forced into that babyface role, but now with no crowd, you don't got to really worry about that. So Tommaso Ciampa being a heel, just kind of your thoughts on his return and cementing that he is Tommaso Ciampa before he had the neck injury. Wouldn't that be Blackheart, I think, right? Is that why, is it gotta be, why is it got to be Blackheart? Isn't that what it is? Maybe. It is. You're just trying to get me to say something stupid. Um, trying to get you canceled. I'm going to get canceled either one way or another. Um, I'm looking at my. I'm looking at the mascot. He's uh, laying on a bag and has another bag on his head. Good job. Um, a bag head. <laughs> he's a. Uh, he's not a pot head. He's a bag head. Um, Shout out Andy Milanakis. He uh, with Champa coming back and cementing his his dastardly ways doesn't it doesn't make me feel one way or another with uh, with the fatal four way. Um, I mean, it was great, great match. Kind of loved the fact that he got some badass guy back, but I, something doesn't feel right with him when I watch that match. It doesn't feel right. It feels real awkward in my opinion. Like it's so produced in a way i mean i know it's a wrestling match but like it feels like it wasn't the right way to do it we get two feuds starting on this show we get bronson reed cutting a promo backstage he gets interrupted by austin theory who he's been kicked out of seth rollins club i guess and then we also had damian priest cutting a promo he gets cut off by timothy thatcher just your thoughts on these two feuds kind of being the same thing in a way but any, uh, anything intriguing by these four guys? And the only thing I'm real curious about is the Priest and Thatcher. I mean, I think that that's going to be cool to watch, but I think uh, I don't really care. Something that Dominic do- does very much care about. I don't know how he felt during this match. Apparently, Miriam was supposed to take on Mercedes Martinez, but then Mercedes Martinez wasn't going to have the match. But then Shotzi comes out, runs over Robert Stone, and then automatically she's in the match. So Dominic, his two favorites... We're going up against each other. Dominic, I should ask you, Shotzi went up against me at Yim. Who were you rooting for in this match? Shotzi. Because of town business? Yes, sir. Okay, and Shotzi did get the win over Mia Yim. Pretty quick match, and the announcers are kind of selling the fact that maybe Mia Yim is a little disappointed, a little frustrated with her getting the loss. Don't know if that means she's leaning heel. You also said maybe she's a part of Retribution. Who exactly knows, but kind of your thoughts on this quick throwaway match, but maybe leading to something bigger down the line. I mean, I, I think I said from the beginning, Mia Yim is very underutilized. Um, do I would love for her to get a, a, a title run in NXT, but if she gets the call up to main roster and gets the title, a title reign, I wouldn't complain. She's 
a veteran. She knows what she's doing. She can put on great matches. She can work with a lot of different people. Uh, very underutilized. I, I would say probably doesn't get a lot of respect just because of the way, you know, she, she, she hasn't really won a lot of matches. She's, she's put over a lot of talents, but I think she's due pretty soon. Um, and with Shotzi winning that match, I think it's a good notch under her belt. But, you know, when it comes to those big marquee matches, Shotzi comes up short. So, I mean, they're kind of both kind of just dangling them in the middle right now. And, you know, it's irking me a little bit. We get Santos Escobar taking on Isaiah Swerve Scott defending his NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Swerve being the storyline going into this is that Swerve is kind of the only guy who can beat Escobar. He was on, almost about to beat him, but Escobar puts on a loaded luchador mask headbutt swerve and that's how he gets the victory so we're going to get a loaded luchador mask being his gimmick going forward apparently that's going to be wonderful can't you you know imagine all the masks are going to be loaded now exactly and then the main event kind of i don't know if to say awkward main event but kind of an underwhelming main event we get dakota kai t- and uh raquel gonzalez defeating dominic's dream team of io shirai and rhea ripley unfortunately rhea is actually the one who takes the pinfall loss here, building up Kai and Gonzalez. Mercedes Martinez also, I think, gets involved a little bit as well. So Rhea is kind of all over the place, uh, floundering, one might say, but they're also building up contenders or opponents for EO's Women's Championship. You know, it, it is what it is. I think uh, Rhea will be called up soon, or when Charlotte does come back, I think you'll have that payoff somewhere down the line. And then we're just going to quickly, SummerSlam did happen as well. Dominic, your overall thoughts. Obviously, the big news coming out of it is the big dog is back. Dog. Just your thoughts. I mean, they promise you are not going to never see it coming. And I think obviously that would be the return of our brands. We do have our payback predictions so we can get a little more in-depth on where Roman goes from here. But just your overall thoughts on SummerSlam. I mean, you can also talk about the Thunderdome. We haven't really gotten your take on the aesthetic of that. First of all, welcome to the Thunderdome, bitch. Um, but uh, with Roman coming back, it it, it was a very – I'm not going to say – it just – you know, the shirt was very Stone Cold-esque, which I did not like. I believe I um, have pretty much the exact same shirt where it says, Arrive, Raise Hell, Leave. Yeah, and his is what, Wreck Everyone and Leave? Exactly. And hmm, I think Stone Cold has a, needs to come back and stun or somebody. Um, but, uh, with him coming back, it just, you I, don't get me wrong. I'm happy he's back because it, it brings a fresher face in the mix, but of all face, it is Roman's new cosmetically done face, AKA his teeth are white and pearly and really fake. Um, it's just going to be a lot of Roman now. And that's what I am afraid of. Uh, overall, SummerSlam, I wouldn't give it an A. I'd probably give it like a B minus C plus. I think, uh, you know, there was some good stuff, some bad stuff, but overall, um, it, 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 I would say it met expectations. I thought it was okay. Wasn't a SummerSlam by the other SummerSlam, you know, metrics by any means, but we are living in different times. So we get the Raw after SummerSlam. Drew McIntyre comes out, cuts a promo. Raw Raw seems a little nerdy, a little corny, I would say. And then Drew's dumbass just happens to turn his back and face the crowd that's not really there. And he gets his ass beat by Randy Orton. I mean, he 
do you okay do you think that was part of it like you know go and turn and interact with the virtual crowd or do you think it was just you know it was just like you need to turn around like what do you think was was the whole setup to that was you need to interact with the virtual crowd like play up to them or do you think it's just you just need to turn around for four seconds so Rennick can RKO you well why can't you do both I mean it's just kind of awkward man you know, like, hey, you, 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 you on the TV, you on the TV, what's up? Oh my God, I'm Drew McIntyre, and then, oh my God, RKO, it's so stupid. Then we get Randy Orton coming out a little later saying, you know, I don't need your pity party, I don't need a, a title match, because Drew said that I wanted to beat the best wrestler, and I beat him with the rest of the move, but I didn't beat him with my finisher, so I want to beat you with the Claymore. Orton comes out, talking some of that shit, and then Keith Lee comes out, making his debut on Raw. Everyone's talking about it. Keith Lee not having his entrance theme. Why? I don't know. Why? WWE Vince McMahon just meddling with things that don't need meddling. And then this leads to a match where Lee technically loses his first match in WWE via DQ. Why? I don't fucking know. They also put him on, you know, they put a compression shirt on him with some loose baggy shorts. I I mean, I'm not opposed to the new look, but I just feel it's uh, an it's a bad sign going forward that WWE put that on him because I think they see that the visuals of him being big and fat will be a negative going forward, which I was always weary of. Well, I mean, Samoa Joe's big, big and fat, and he's shirtless, and I'm not gonna say he has his little, you know, shorts, whatever you want to consider those, if those are loose or not. But I mean, he's a fat I would guy. Say Samo- I would off. say Samoa Joe's shorts are a little looser than Keith Lee's tights. Oh yeah, but I'm just saying, you know. But shirt, shirt wise, he is shirtless. But, um, but yeah, I was kind of disappointed. Didn't have his original music, and his ring attire was a little different. Um, overall, though, I'm not too upset. I hope going forward, they can change it up a little bit. But if you, if the history of Vince and NXT has shown us anything, he tends to change everyone most for the bad. If you look at the Viking war war Raiders. If you look at Andrade, if you look at, um, Dom, we don't want to be here all day. Okay. All right. I'll shut up then. Cause that's a long, long list. You can write a lot. Goodbye. That, that NXT is fucked up. But speaking of some people that NXT, that WWE is fucked up. We get Oscar taking on Sasha Banks. Yes. Sasha Banks cannot defend her championship. She loses to Oscar on SummerSlam. And then they turn around with a quick, lumberjack match and no real build it was a quick match and oscar wins via tap out dominic what the hell are they doing with sasha banks i mean i think they're doing it right she lost probably thunk that she can get another win she didn't now you're gonna have her get jealous of bailey and then you're gonna have them lose the tag titles next thing you know at wrestlemania it's bailey versus sasha for the women's championship and she beats bailey Shayna Baszler ends up defeating Bailey via DQ, setting up the tag title match at Payback. Uh, I mean, we're going to talk about that in the preview, but last thing we'll talk about from Raw, the Kevin Owens show. We get Aleister Black coming out. First time we've seen him since he's been blinded, and he had a thing over his eye, obviously selling the injury. He doesn't say much. Kicks Kevin Owens in the head, I guess cementing that now Aleister Black is a heel. So Dominic, big fan of Aleister Black. Your thoughts on now him going heel? for the foreseeable future. I don't think he's going to be considered. I mean, yes, he's probably considered heel, but I think he's kind of more of that, you know, 
lone wolf gunslinging badass kind of guy. Yeah. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take no prisoners. I'm just going to fuck everyone up. Um, if that's a heel, then yes, he's a heel and I love it. If it's going to be kind of that middle ground, I love it. Um, I, I can't wait to see what happens. I hope, I hope, I hope there is a title for him in the foreseeable future though. Yeah. I'm, I don't say I'm excited, but I think Aleister Black, what he's been doing as a babyface, he's just been floundering. Not, I mean, he hasn't really been doing anything, so it's kind of hard for him to gain any momentum. So hopefully now if he's a heel, I mean, it kind of sucks that he's going up against Kevin Owens because I think Kevin Owens is another one of those guys that hasn't been able to get any momentum, especially since WrestleMania. So, I mean, if it's between me, if they're going to go Aleister Black or Kevin Owens at the moment, I would probably just say Aleister Black because unfortunately I just feel like Kevin Owens is just one of those guys that's been WWE'd to where he's been booked 50-50 too much where it's kind of hard for him to make it to that next level. Well, we'll have to wait and see because I feel like Kevin Owens will come out on top just because that's just what's going to happen. Vince is going to have a change of heart and say, nope, Kevin has to win. So let's move on to the payback predictions. There is actually a match that I didn't even know was taking place until about a few minutes before I started writing the script. We have Dominic and Rey Mysterio taking on Seth Rollins and his buddy Murphy in a tag team match, a rematch from the main event of Raw. At the end of that match, we had Retribution come out and poor old Rey Mysterio. The Mysterios just can't catch a break. They're just always getting their ass beat, whether it be by Seth, whether it be by Retribution. It's almost kind of a meme at this point. So we're going to get the Mysterios teaming up against Rollins and Murphy. Dominic, it'd help if you could unmute your microphone. Ah, sorry. I hit it like seven times. Like I went to hit it and it went down. Yeah, whatever. Um, I think this is going to be Dominic Mysterio's very first victory in WWE with his daddy, Rey Mysterio. I think the Mysterio clan gets it done. We get Sasha Banks and Bayley defending their women's tag team titles against Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. Will they pull the trigger and do the odd couple getting the victory, or will Banks and Bayley continue on with their reign? Now, hear me out. We had two single stars in the men's division, Sheamus and Cesaro, who didn't see eye to eye, who finally won the titles, got along, turned out to be great. Do you think this can be a new bar kind of situation? I hope not because I think Sasha, I hope not because I think Shayna can be so much more. I I mean, they've already, I guess, turned Shayna Baszler babyface. Why? I don't know why. I think her and Asuka could have fantastic matches going forward, whether they're babyface, babyface, and they're just going to beat the fuck out of each other. Fine. I am a little skeptical. I'm a little scared that they're going to put the title on them and they got tried to do like comedy segments with them, which I, Mm -hmm. I can't imagine, but I can also imagine them trying to do it. So that, that, I'm a little scared, and I think maybe if Sasha loses again, which I think we've seen with WWE, they try to tell these stories of people losing all the time and losing streaks. They just never pan out well for the person, but they're just going to try to do that. You know, Dominic, did you know that uh, X-Pac like football? (laughs) Dominic brings up the epic photo of him and Hurricane Shane Helms. Oh, look at that smile on me. I'm such a cutie. Anyways, um, I, ho- I hope they win it just because it kind of streamlines, you know, you can kind of give, uh, uh, you know, you give some time for Sasha to get super jealous over Bailey, and then you can have it kind of, you know, the tur- turmoil and you kind of turn Sasha baby face and you can, you know, get her to get a uh, WrestleMania moment out of it. 
we get the United States Championship match, Apollo Crews taking on Bobby Lashley. This is, I mean, we could have, we've seen this match a billion times on Raw. Not really excited for it, but does Apollo Crews once again squeak out of this with the championship? Probably. Um, I mean, I, I think he's been a decent champion, and I think with MVP and all the hurt business stuff going on, I think I, 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 I think I think Apollo's will be fine. I mean, I don't really have a strong opinion on it one way or another. So if Apollo wins, fine. If Bobby Lashley wins. That is fine as well. So, Dominic, I have to ask you, I think I know the answer to this. What is the main event for Payback? Is it Randy Orton versus Keith Lee, or will it be the Universal title match, The Fiend, Braun Strowman, and Roman Reigns? Come on. Roman Reigns? Come on. It's going to be I mean, Roman I just got to keep the gimmick going. So, Randy Orton will take on Keith Lee. Who knows what's going to happen? Will this be some sort of gimmick finish with Drew McIntyre getting involved? We get... Randy Orton taking on Keith Lee, and I guess Keith Lee's first official big-time match in WWE. I am picking Keith Lee because I think there is no way in hell that he should be losing this early. But I'm skeptical that it's Randy Orton. you got to keep the WWE guy strong and give him the win. I, I think Keith Lee will get the win. Uh, he, in my opinion, well-deserving. Like you said, you don't want to lose this early on. But I could see... It being like a no contest, maybe. I, I, I don't know. I really hope Keith Lee wins, but I got a feeling it is going to be Randy, just like what you said. But we'll have to wait and see. I'm putting my money on Keith, though. I would probably say the most logical the most logical thing that they're going to do is some sort of schmage finish. But the thing that they should do is have Keith Lee win. So, that being said, the main event, Fiend, the champion, taking on Braun Strowman, Roman Reigns, and Roman Reigns in a triple threat match for the Universal Championship. I've said... Just put it on Roman. Both The Fiend and Braun Strowman are not championship material. Give it to Roman. Full steam ahead. This is what they want to do at WrestleMania. Just put the title on him and just ignore everything else. But I am also wondering, maybe Braun turns full-fledged heel, joins up with The Fiend, and we get Roman Reigns taking on The Fiend with Braun kind of lurking in the background, and that's how we don't get that going on. Uh, well, let's be real here. Roman's going to win. Because Roman's Roman. I mean, who? When this whole thing happened, was Roman champion? Goldberg was champion, if you remember. That's what. That's what and it was. It was supposed to he, be Roman, but no. Yeah, there you go. At WrestleMania. Yeah. Now I remember. I know it's so long ago, Dominic. It feels like years, oh. decades, but it was only a few months. Oh my God, it's so long. But um, let's be real here. Roman's gonna win. You're going to have it be Roman and Bray for a while, and then Braun's going to come back into the picture. So it's just going to be Roman and Bray and, and Roman and Braun. That's all you're going to, that, that's all that's going to matter. Okay. Well, I guess that'll do it for us for today. We had a long, long show in terms of talking about wrestling. So, Dominic, that's a lovely background picture you got from Thank you. the good old days when you can actually travel while I was in Portugal holding my titties. I mean, I mean, if, if you guys want to see the real photo, I mean, I got a photo of my brother. That's that's the real one right there. Oof. I mean, anyways, if you've seen the water boy with the uh, mush mouth coach touching his nipples. Pretty much my brother did that exact same thing. I got a picture of it if you want. You know, slide in the DMs. I'll share it with you. But Oof. anyways, that'll do it for us for today. Yes, you're reigning defending one-time gauntlet champions, Brandon Tanguma. Dominic Hobson. Anything you want to say to the people, Dominic, as we sign off? One of the most important things I'll ever say. 
If you want to have your questions read, email us, curveballncs at gmail.com. Hit, up on, hit us up on Twitter, curveballs, curveballs, NCS. Balls Facebook, curveballs and chair shots. Uh, Instagram, curveballs and CS. You know, uh, you know, hit us up. Uh, if you yeah. want, if you want, you know, slide into the DMs on Instagram. If you want a fantasy football question, whether you want us to tell us, tell you who your flex should be, give it, give you a grade on your draft. Send us, send it into the curveballs and chair shots. If you want to be on points and doinks, so no points and doinks every Tuesday. Don't, don't listen to him. Send it to the email so you can be on the main podcast. Dominic, how triggered would you be if we have the hamburger on points and doinks before we put you on points and doinks? Uh, I would shut down curveballs and chair shots permanently. Why? Because that's my my. I paid for. I paid for that fucking that sticker. Are you telling me yeah. you and the Hamburglar have beef? No. Okay. Okay. So, anyways, thank you guys very much for tuning into this week's episode for. Dominic Hobson. My name is Brandon Tanguma. For the studio audience, the little dog, the big dog, the mascot who no mascot appearances today until Dominic, he's trying to put the dog on green screen, which doesn't really help out too much. Yeah, it doesn't help. So thank you all very much. Until next time, uh, enjoy the weekend. Be safe. Wear your mask and wash your hands. And go Tigers. And go Tigers. Goodbye and good night. Uh, bye-bye. <laughs>